I just want to say thank you to everybody at Kaiser who's on the front lines working so hard to help people during this really difficult pandemic and all of the after effects. You have so many people there literally putting their lives on the line, trying to help so many others. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Pleats. There is no better example of teamwork, especially in the Bay Area, than the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. It's over. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. The fourth title in eight years. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. It took teamwork for sure, but also resiliency from going from the worst record to the best. So I wondered, could we at Kaiser Permanente learn from the Warriors? After all, every day we suit up, we take the floor, we face challenges and adversity, but unlike the Warriors, our work could mean the difference between life and death. So far in this podcast, we've heard from the frontline workers and found hope in the darkness. We heard from Gib who wrote, you did an amazing job explaining how important hope is, how stories empower us to handle tough situations, and how to acknowledge and normalize emotions. Thank you, Gib. Keep those emails coming. So now let's turn to this episode. Don't let Steve Kerr's nine championship rings as both a player and a coach make you think that he hasn't faced adversity, both personally and professionally. So I am eager to hear what we can learn from Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me today. This season, I was watching, obviously, intently, like the whole entire Bay Area was. Coming back from a series of injuries, you're in the NBA finals, and you lost game one at home. Do you remember what you said in the locker room after that loss? I don't remember exactly, but I think the general theme was, this is why it's a seven-game series. You have to figure things out. And I think the challenge when you get into those situations is there's so much focus and media attention. And um, the first thing that you hear after you lose game one is 75% of game one losers go on to lose the finals. And then if you win game two, you know, people are constantly doing the odds and you just have to avoid all that stuff and just kind of lock in on the job. And that's what we tried to do. You've learned a lot about resiliency and you can learn maybe a little bit through the victories, but you probably learn more from the setbacks. So what have the dark days taught you? Sometimes when you're going through the dark days, you don't really stop and think, oh, this is really helping me, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think what I found during our well, one season when we had the worst record in the league and then the next season when we missed the playoffs was just the importance of staying the course and maintaining our ideals and our values and what was truly important for us as a team culturally. What I mean by that is, you know, whether you're winning or losing, you got to stand for something. And for us, organizationally, our whole organization is about helping our players become the very best players they can become so that they succeed individually and that 
they get so good that our team succeeds at the same time. The process is to make every day productive, enjoyable, fun. And this is what coaching is all about. You do it through what the vibe feels like every single day in the gym. Is it vibrant? Are the players learning? Are they enjoying themselves? It's crucial that you have that sense during times when you're struggling and you don't veer away from that and say, oh my God, we're, you know, now we're struggling. We got to try something different. So if anything, it's more important than ever to maintain your values and your consistency of effort and your culture through the difficult times to help you find your way back. We're reminded that basketball is only a game, but you face tough times. For our nurses, it's working with patients. For you, you were 18, playing college ball, and your dad, Malcolm Kerr, was killed by members of the Lebanese militia while serving as the president for American University in Beirut in 1984. First, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. You've said that that incident and that situation, that pain gave you better awareness of how fragile life is. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all learn from how you were able to put one foot in front of the other after your father's murder. I was lucky to have a really strong family. You know, my mom and my siblings, we all supported one another emotionally, spiritually, just allowing, I think, each of us to still enjoy our lives once the shock wore off from what had happened. It's something that I think about every day. I know, you know, I'll never forget what happened or forget my dad, but there is healing that happens with time, um, but it always takes loved ones around you to help you through that. And one of the things that I found was my college team at the University of Arizona was my extended family. And to be able to lean on my teammates, lean into the game every day, the practice, the physical activity, all allowed me to get my life back. Phil Jackson used to say, life is a, a metaphor for basketball and basketball is a metaphor for life. I love that saying because it really is true. You know, when you're on the court and you're trying to win a game, you have to rely on each other. You know, you have to enhance each other's strengths and cover up for each other's weaknesses in order for the team to do well. Going through difficult times in life, you look at how a basketball team functions. It's the same concept. It's support, it's structure, it's really counting on people around you, but also really putting in the work every day individually to try to overcome whatever adversity you're dealing with. So I do feel like my passion for basketball helped me get through such a terrible time for me and my family. It sounds like you decide intentionally every day to find joy and to approach life with joy. Where does that start? I've played for great coaches. So I had an incredible experience as a player that has fed my coaching identity. It is Michael Jordan time. Michael, six seconds, five. Michael in traffic to curl, 15 footers. Yeah! Hitting the big shot in 97 is my most memorable moment. I didn't start coaching until kind of late in my life. I was 49. 
the thing I learned from so many people who I consulted was just how important it is to be yourself. Joy is just such a part of my life. It's something I seek every day through physical activity, through hobbies. You know, the whole reason we all start playing basketball when we're kids is because we love it. And the more you can keep that spark alive, the more joy there's going to be. And the more joy there's going to be, the more success there will be. You know, Steph just seems like he exudes joy and Clay seems to be the Zen master. So tell me where the joy comes from. How do you foster the joy in that environment? As a coach, it's important for me to impart my own personal values onto the team because that's what's authentic. The players have to feel authenticity from their coach. I can't try to be somebody else. And joy is just a huge part of my life. I mean, I seek joy every single day. And it just so happens that Steph Curry and I, I think, share very similar values. And joy is one of them. Never been around a player who loved playing basketball more than Steph, who enjoyed the whole process of working, of traveling, of playing. Everything about Steph is joyful. So it's really easy for us to connect, but also for us together to impart that value on the team. You can just see it through the success, but it's just how people celebrate each other, you know, when they're coming off the bench and when they're coming back through and also DJ Draymond's son. Yes. Is it how you incorporate the family? And you mentioned it early on, growing as players, but it also seems like you focus on growing them as people and humans. Yeah, without some sort of idealistic plan, more it's the idea of you and your family and the organization are all intertwined and we want your family to be part of this. You're finally able to take some time off after a very, very busy season. Work-life integration, work-life balance. How do you make it work for you or does it work? It does work. It's the only way it can work. I just think it's crucial for everybody to to be able to get away from what we do every day. So for me, during the season, I go home and I usually take my dog for a walk through the park and getting a good book and being into a good book. I love cooking dinner. It's very cathartic. My wife and I will watch a show. So I've got a really good routine that I enjoy every day. And so I'm much better at my job if I have a day that includes all that stuff than if I just sat in my office and stared at game film all day. I would be miserable doing that. Take advantage of the many wellness resources we offer our employees. Shop for fresh local produce at your Kaiser Permanente Medical Center. Find the days and times by visiting kp.org and search for NorCal Farmers Markets. Now back to our conversation. It's been a tough two and a half years, and you see individuals who have been really challenged from all the death. We've got patients who are very angry. We cover a lot of regions where some people support vaccinations, some don't. In gun violence, we're not immune to that as well. So you mentioned about making sure you keep the spark alive. Do you have some advice for our healthcare team that have been giving so much of themselves and searching for hope? What's your advice? One of the things that I think it's basically another one of our team values is, is compassion or empathy. I really strive for 
our organization, our coaches, our training staff, our support staff, to not only offer the players empathy, compassion, but each other. I think it's so important for people who work together to recognize each other's difficulties and adversity and to pay attention to that. You can always tell if somebody you work with comes into work and is struggling with something. And by the way, we have been through something similar in terms of the pandemic, just how it affected our business. Now, nothing like yours. We're, we're not dealing with life and death each day. But for two years, as we dealt with the pandemic, we really did not have this wonderful atmosphere of fans coming into the building and people cheering. It was empty arenas, fake crowd noise, and traveling around the country where everybody is nervous about getting sick and you're terrified of what's going on. So I think the whole country felt at some level what you were describing, Kerry. The difference for you guys, obviously, is you're on the front lines. So that's my first thought when I thought of Kaiser's challenge is supporting each other. The job is to support your patients and give them the care that they need. But supporting each other and caring for each other is a huge part of our culture with the Warriors. And I think that fuels our players to be able to deal with the adversity that inevitably hits. So we end the podcast episode by asking the same question of all of our guests. While you're on the court, we're in the hospitals. What one piece of advice would you give the team to heal and to rebound from the past two years? My advice is patience. It's really hard. And it's been hard for me. It's something that advice that I probably didn't follow very well in my own career. I was always in such a rush. I think the tendency for all of us is to want to rush back, whether it's to get back to work, get back to our life, get back to doing the things we love. But what does patience mean? For me, it's connected to meditation. I had complications from my back surgery, and I really had to lean into meditation to find some peace when I was dealing with pain. So patience and meditation and finding that grounding feeling of giving your body a chance to heal is everything. But sometimes we lose sight of that. Yeah. Kind of rushing on to the next thing. Yeah. Not just physically, but mentally. You need that time, that patience and the healing. Steve, what a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being such an amazing coach and just an amazing individual and a leader that we can all learn from. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Carrie. And I, I just want to say thank you to everybody at Kaiser who's on the front lines working so hard to help people during this really difficult pandemic and all of the after effects. You have so many people there literally putting their lives on the line, trying to help so many others. It doesn't go unnoticed. And I just want to say thank you to all of you out there. Thank you for that. In our next episode, has the pandemic been the most stressful time of your career? Unfortunately, there is a stigma associated with treating mental health. If you've overcome this stigma, I'd like to share your story and have you come join me on this podcast so others can benefit. Get in touch with me by emailing livewellandthrive@kp.org. We've learned that there's no one thing that can provide what you need to thrive. This podcast is one of many resources to support your well-being, including the Calm app. 
which we offer to many KP employees who are also members. You can find additional resources from physical health tools to mental health support on how to thrive at work on HR Connect under Benefits Wellbeing. We also have a program called Live Well and Thrive to make it easy for you to find the many resources available to support our employees' recovery and resiliency. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Pleats, and we'll see you next time. 